0: All right, all right, all right. Well, man, it just doesn't get any better uh, than getting to experience his presence. That felt felt really good. I love the new song. Hope you guys did as well. Um, So I'm going to jump right in because I've got a lot to get through. I'm just going to be upfront about it. I got a lot to get through, but let me tell you, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about uh, the message today because God's been working with me on this uh, for quite some time. I've kept this in my back pocket for a little bit. I teased it out with the the, uh, volunteer team, the Dream Team, and one of our boosts. Uh, before one of our services, and so I've been looking forward for this opportunity to share this message with you, but there's a lot to it, a lot of content, Uh, and so if you are a note taker, uh, I I welcome you and recommend get your phones ready. If you like to write it down, get your pad and pen ready because there's a lot to this, and and I don't want to run through it so fast that you miss it all. So sometimes grabbing those notes to, to refer back to uh, is super, super helpful. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned during announcements that we wrapped up our mission series, and, uh, and I wrapped up that last week on making a difference, and I spoke on John 15. And that is the passage that we're going right back to today John 15. And uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but if you weren't here, this this is Jesus's kind of last words before he is to be taken away, uh, to, to be betrayed and ultimately crucified. We're talking hours away now. And so Jesus is giving his last words. I mean, if it were your last words, wouldn't they be so important? So here's Jesus the, the, the son of God, like last words, right? So the disciples are leaning in and they're listening and Jesus is spilling out this wisdom. And here we go, starting in verse one. We're gonna jump around a little bit, but John 15, verse one, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser or, or the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Jumping to verse 4, "...abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me." I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We'll jump to verse 7. If you abide in me, you guys picking up, uh, you should probably abide in him by now. (laughs) Abide in me, in my words, abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And lastly, in verse 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So much good stuff in there. And we're going to drill in deeper and deeper as we go today. But first, let's pray together. Can you pray with me? Lord, we love you. God, it is such an opportunity to come in your presence and to hear your word and to be with our our believers, a community of believers, that we can grow together and learn more about you. And God, so we ask that you would speak through me, that your word would be clear and that we would receive it in a way that it causes us to change, like it has actual impact in our lives, Lord, that we can take it away and and practically use what you teach us today. In Jesus' name, we pray and everyone says, amen. amen, amen. So if I were to pose a question to you and, and I said, listen, based on how you answer this question, it's going to determine whether or not you get to live or die, like, you're, you're probably going to really pay close attention. Like, forget the last question of who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, this is like live or die type of situation. Based on how you answer this question, that's the stakes. Do you bear much fruit? Because this scripture is, is that important. This is eternally important. Your, 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 your soul is on the line when it comes to this scripture. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this, but again, I know everyone wasn't here. We, we talked about that in verse 8. If we jump to verse 8 for a second, it says that, "...by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." We prove to be followers of Christ, believers of him when we bear much fruit. This is eternal decision-making here. You with me? And so we must look into this and dig into this to make sure we really understand what what does this mean, this bearing of fruit. Because we, we know that the flip side of it is also given to us in verse two. He says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So let's drill into this. Okay, I like my whiteboard, all right? So deal with it. Um, so we talk, we, it's clear, we must bear fruit. We've established that, can we all agree on that? All right, so we, we know we are to bear fruit Fruit. Okay, we've established that, drilled it in, we got this. Well, how do we, we bear fruit? Well, again, like he told us a million times, it felt like, abide in me. Abide in me and you bear fruit. That's what leads to that. So abide in him. So what does abide mean? That's kind of a word that we use every day, right? Like, no? Okay. Uh, Abide and mean, abide, 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 I got it, is to accept or act in accordance with. Accept. So in order to abide, we must accept him. Therefore, we must believe in him. Again, we, a couple weeks ago, I, I spoke about that uh, actions follow belief. If you were here, you remember that. Actions always follow belief. Well, Well, it starts with believing in him. So you believe in him, which leads to abiding in him, which leads to bearing fruit, which ultimately leads to, in verse eight, if you remember, to glorify him. This is... This is the end goal here, that we glorify him, that we make much of his name, right? That that he is glorified when it's all said and done. And so uh, when we dig into this, I want to go back to this bearing fruit and start drilling in this way, and we're going to kind of work our way around from there. But bearing fruit, I love in our passage today that it shows a progression of, of fruit and growing more and more of it. So in verse two, it starts by telling us that we bear fruit. Every branch that does bear fruit, he then prunes that it may bear more fruit. You guys can participate if you'd like. That's your call, but I love it. Um, We bear fruit, we bear more fruit, and then we jump to verse five, where it tells us that I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So we go from bear fruit, bear more fruit, to bear much fruit. This is a progression. This is we grow as we go on, that we must seek to. And, and you might be asking yourself, well, Devin, you keep telling me to bear fruit, but what does that even mean? What does bear fruit even mean? And so we, we're back to Galatians 5, where we go to the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, so in Galatians 5, verse 22, he, he shows us what the fruit is, what we are to bear more of and more of and more of. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, that's singular fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I, I pointed out that it's singular because when we abide in him and we bear fruit, we, we bear the fruit of the spirit, all of the, the fruit, it's singular. So we can't just be like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this kindness thing, but you know, I'm just not a self-controlled person. I just, it's not me. You know, we can't do that. It's it's all in, right? And now I'm not saying we're perfect at it. I'm not saying none of us are perfect at this, right? We're all in this progression, this this thing we call life together, where we're trying to get better and we're trying to bear more and more fruit. But but it's it's that we bear the fruit of the Spirit. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, uh, in order to be kind and good, it requires some patience at times. You guys know what I'm talking about? Hey, you you got to be patient sometimes to, to be able to be gentle, right? And, and you need the self-control, you know, kind of uh, think before you talk sometimes with people be, in order to show kindness, right? So it, it all kind of comes together. So we know what the, the fruit is now. How do we go about bearing more fruit? And we've already kind of laid this out for us, right? We abide. We abide in him. Another way I'd like to say this is we just stay connected. We stay connected to him. We make things really complicated sometimes. We overcomplicate things many I mean that's like human nature we're trying to figure out some other way to make something work faster and better but sometimes it's just simple you know sometimes it's just simple and and sometimes we just must abide we must stay connected god's word you know tells us throughout his word hey you are my sheep i'm your shepherd just follow me <laughs> right just just follow me. Uh, don't fear. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. Just follow me. That's, that's all. And if you think about uh, back to this, this illustration of this vine and the branch and, and the, the fruit, the grapes that come from it, if you picture a branch, right, if that branch is connected to the vine, Do you you notice this this branch like fighting? It's a bear fruit, like I gotta, It's like stressing out about bearing fruit when it's connected to the. No, it just, it just, it's connected and you, therefore, you bear fruit. It's that simple. If we just stay connected. Now, on the flip side, if we disconnect ourselves from the vine, We cannot bear fruit. If you have a branch by itself not connected to anything, it's going to wither away, right? It is definitely not going to bear fruit. It can't bear fruit. So we must stay connected for the long haul because, again, this is a process. This takes time. We're in this for life so we must just stay connected for the long haul. You know, when we talk about grapes and uh, planting grapes and the process of of harvesting grapes, do you know it takes three years from the time you plant to the time you can get to your first harvest? Three years. It's a long time. Like, during this three years, it is in the process of, of going deep with its root system. There's no fruit. We're not even close to having fruit, but, but the roots are going deeper. It, it's getting stronger. It's, it's feeding from the nutrients of the soil, and it's building up the strength and the foundation that it needs to ultimately produce fruit and bear much of it. So, if we don't stay with this thing long enough, if we're not patient and faithful enough with the things that we are to do, and we quit too early, we're never gonna see that fruit. You might be thinking, well, Devin, I've been doing this thing for a, for a year, I haven't seen any hints of, of fruit. Yeah, you just stay, stay connected, stay faithful. God says, "Hey, you stay faithful, and I'll make you fruitful. Stay connected. That's all He's He's asking of us. Stay faithful. So when we go, uh, we know that bearing fruit, uh, we can stay connected to bear more fruit." In verse one, Jesus says, I am the vine right out of the gate, right? I am the vine. You just stay connected to me. I will give you all the nutrients and and all the support that you need internally to build and to grow and to ultimately bear as much fruit as you can. And and so internally, he's working us and moving us. And then it gets to the vine dresser, the, the gardener. And we go to our second way of of bearing much fruit, and it's not the prettiest one. It says in verse two that if you're not bearing fruit, he will he will uh, take you away. But if you are bearing fruit, he will prune you to bear more fruit. He'll prune you. He'll he'll cut he'll cut at you, right to bear more fruit. That is the purpose of this thing is he wants you, he wants you to bear as much fruit as you can. And so even though sometimes it hurts a little, he wants you ultimately to bear as much fruit as you can. I think about this with my kids. I want my kids to be just like God-honoring human beings, right? That they grow up to be adults. They're just God-honoring. They glorify God in everything they do. That's what I want for my kids. But right now, when, when they come and, and I find out they tell a lie, I got to prune them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to prune them, you know? I, I got to, hey, you can't steal. Like, yeah, I know you stole a little piece of gum. No, 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 no. I gotta prune that. Like, I, I gotta discipline that so that it bears more fruit, that it, they can grow and they can learn. It doesn't feel good at the time. They're gonna cry. They're gonna run to their room. They, they're, they're, it's gonna hurt. But ultimately, they're gonna grow. They're gonna bear more fruit in the long run. I was doing some research on this because, believe it or not, I, I, uh, I don't, like, garden a vineyard. Um, so I, had, I did some research On this, and I found this interesting. This is just a secular site, you know, not a Christian site whatsoever, just totally on how you you harvest uh, grapes ultimately, right? And it says, when the vines are dormant, it's time to prune. Proper pruning is essential to promote the right balance between the number of shoots and the number of buds, which will produce grape clusters. Too many shoots and not enough buds mean that the vines will have too many leaves shading the fruit, making it hard for the clusters to ripen. But if you have too many buds and too few shoots produce a similar problem, there's too much fruit to where it can't ripen at all. And so poorly pruned vines simply won't produce high quality fruit. Does that not apply or what? He, he prunes for our good. Yes. He, he prunes for our good. Anything in our lives that are not drawing us to him, that, that are not allowing us to bear the fruit of the spirit, anything in our lives. And, and guys, we live life, we go through life, and we don't even consciously think of these things, but he'll cut them back to draw us closer to him. What are the things in your life that that you feel like, I got this? I I, I'm in control of this. Like we're not truly relying on him because in our minds we think, no, I got this, I'm good. You know, it might be, it might be a job. Oh, Oh because of my talents and my skill, I got this job, and I provide for my family. I don't need God's provision. We don't think about how God is the one that gave us the talents and, and gave us the skills. He ultimately did provide, but we get this all twisted in our minds, right? And so he might have to shave off a job or, or shave off a, a certain stream of income to say, hey, <laughs> no, you need me. That's right. Let's keep this straight. You need me. You need to stay connected to the vine and so, what are those things in your life? It might be relationship. Some relationship in your life that, you know what? It's not bearing fruit. It, it's it's taking me a different way. Are, are you seeking someone's opinion that you shouldn't be, or someone's approval that you shouldn't be, that's drawing you away from him, not to him? He might have to prune a relationship. So, don't become attached. To the thing. Don't become attached to the thing that he gave you. Let's stay attached to the source. Let's stay attached to the divine. Let's stay attached to him. John Maxwell, many of you probably know John Maxwell, a phenomenal leader. I just love him, Uh, probably the greatest developer of leaders in our entire world. He's amazing. He works with leaders that you would know by name for sure and many of them. And he said that as he works with all these different leaders, uh, he's asked them questions of when, when did you experience the most growth in your life? When did you experience the most growth in your life? And he said, every single one of them in some way, shape, or form, it was through a pruning process. It was a a tough season that they were going through. It was, it was, it didn't feel good. It, it, It caused them, it forced them out of their comfort zone, but it led to them to the greatest growth that they experienced in their life. So sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we're not going to ask for it, but sometimes he does it for our good. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we know that we must stay connected, that he'll prune us for more growth. In another way that we bear much fruit is we must create structure. We must create structure in our life. Do you know what a a trellis is? We've got a picture of a trellis. A trellis you've probably seen, right? You drive by a vineyard somewhere and you see these structures that are built to hold up the branches, right? It holds up the branches. It supports them in a way that allows them to grow. It gets it off the ground, out of the, the dirt. It keeps it away from the animals that come to try to eat, eat at it. You know, it keeps it away from the, the pests, the disease that comes when you're just kind of lying there on the ground. And, and just like this trellis, we must have structure in our lives that allow us to grow fruit, right? We, we need structure, we need intentionality that will lift us off the ground, out of the dust, out of the muck where the, the, the enemy tries to distract, he, he, he tries to uh, divide, he tries to confuse. We need structure that lifts us up off of the dust and out of that mess so that we can grow and we can stay connected because this structure is needed. And and today we have a bunch of, of habits in our life already, right? Our life is full of habits right now. You guys with me on that? Like whether they're intentional or not is another story, but we all have habits that every single day, our day is full of habits. So when we're talking about abiding in him and and bearing much fruit, we want to figure out what is that structure that we need because right now we got some habits that aren't really leading us to those things. Can we agree on that? Today, uh, it it could look like too many hours. Um, If I step on toes, I apologize, but I'm stepping on my own for what it's worth. So uh, it could be too many hours of TV, too too many hours on video games. Now, none of these things are wrong in themselves, so don't take me wrong. None of this is wrong in themselves, but they can be distractions. They can cause us to be distracted so that we're not Showing him the attention we need. We can we can scroll on social media for just hours on end. We can get hung up in this political craziness where we spend this, like we get obsessed over this political mess where we're just spewing hate at each other, and we know we're we're people of love. Like that's that's what we do. We love people, but there's this hate throwing all over the place, and we have this, we're making this habit. We we don't always think of it in the spiritual realm, but these things, these practical things in our life are soaking up our time and our mental space that are not leading us to him. They're not leading us to him. We have eating habits. We have financial habits. You know, all of these things are shaping us to who we are and who we will be. These are the habits that are forming us to the very people we are and will be. So in order to get structure, we know we need good habits. We need good spiritual disciplines that will lead to us to be able to abide in him that leads to bearing fruit that ultimately glorifies him. So there's three things, three things (laughs) that the, the passage gave us about abiding in him. So let's go back to these. Let's refer to these. In verse seven, it gives us our first one. And it says in verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words, this is going to floor you guys. But we must read the Bible. (laughs) We must read his word. We must read his word. Our best worship listen to this our best worship is when we are most informed when we when we believe and understand most our spiritual depth our spiritual depth is in the mind i i've been raised in church thank god for it uh, you know i've i've been to church my whole life. I had some amazing experiences growing up throughout my life when it comes to, to Christ and, and experiencing his presence. But it wasn't until I started to read his word that my relationship began to have some depth to it. Amen. You know, my relationship with Tara didn't get its depth until we started starting getting to know more about each other. It's different when you just hang out, but when you actually begin to know each other, you get depth. It's a a spiritual renewal of your mind. Last week, Mother's Day, uh, we learned that we have to take captive of every thought because our mind is what gives us this spiritual depth. I don't know about if anyone can relate with me on that, But reading his word is what gave me depth in my relationship with him. I'm so grateful for it. And listen, we have these tech companies that are spending billions of dollars for your time, your attention, and your mental space. Billions of dollars fighting for your time and attention in your mental space they are creating this this desire inside of you this 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 high that we get when oh how many likes do i have on this post they they have these feeds with these algorithms that captivate your attention so you just keep scrolling and you keep scrolling and you keep scrolling and we just keep consuming and digesting let me ask you this how much What's your subscription cost to Facebook? What's your monthly subscription? What, what, what's that about? You don't you don't pay anything for Facebook. Listen, we are the product. They are they are trying to get our. The more we dive in and give them our time and we scroll and we're on that platform. We are literally the product that they sell for advertising and so on and so forth to these other companies. They are simply trying to occupy our time, our attention, and our mental space. And what we give our attention to is what we become. What we give our attention to is what we become. So we must abide in his word. The second one, is in verse nine, and it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Another shocker. We've gotta pray. (laughs) This is a structure that we need in our life. We must pray. This is how we abide in him. This is how we relate with him. This is how we communicate with him. We spend time in prayer. Another thing for me is is worship music. I abide in his love when I'm just surrounded with good worship music. I see some of y'all nodding. You know what I'm talking about. You just like, oh, you can feel the love wrapping around you. Another way we do this, abide in his love, is we obey the Sabbath. This is one we don't hear much of in our society. Our society says, You gotta grind, you gotta go. If you got any second left in your day that you're wasting, you're a loser. Isn't that what we feel like? It's like, man, if you aren't grinding every second of every day, man, you're just wasting. That's not what God's word says, right? He said, from the very beginning, obey the Sabbath. From the very beginning. Check this out. This is where it hit me, and this is so obvious. Raised in church, and I just, it wasn't until a couple years ago this hit me. Obeying the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so it's right there with, hey, don't kill people. <laughs> don't steal. Mm-hmm. De- obey the Sabbath. It's right there. But do we do that? We must obey the Sabbath. We must be people of rest Because that's what rejuvenates us to be able to be as productive and effective and fruitful as we possibly can be. If I'm running on fumes, I'm not going to be as effective. I love love a real-life example of this. Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A obeys the Sabbath, don't they? We can't go run to Chick-fil-A right now as bad as we want to. Or we can, but you're going to be very disappointed. They obey the Sabbath. They're not open on Sundays. That's crazy. All these other fast food restaurants, they're open on Sundays. But check this out. They obey the Sabbath. Therefore, this is real life. They have the highest revenue per store than any other fast food place. They revenue $4.1 million per store per year. The next closest is 2.7 million. It's not even that close, right? It's not even that close. And they they aren't open on Sundays. Oh, one of the seven days of the week, they're not even open. And it's on a weekend. Who would run to Chick-fil-A right now? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like that's how God works. When we obey what he tells us to do, it does, sometimes it doesn't make sense. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. But if we obey, we draw closer to him and there is benefit that comes with it. He, he, he then shows us his joy. That's our third one. Verse 11, it says that you must abide in my joy. This is where you experience the joy you experience the joy. Uh, it's different, isn't it, to like try to explain a, a view of a mountaintop? I love skiing. I was just talking with one of our neighbors last night about how much I love skiing. And it's different just looking at a postcard of a view from a mountaintop than actually being on that mountaintop, you know? Like it's totally different when you experience, Experience it, you get the the full three sixty panoramic view of it, you know like you're you're feeling the the brisk air and smelling it and and you're able to experience it. He wants you to experience his joy to the fullest, didn't it say that? so some of us we experience his joy. Just being outdoors, we've talked about that before as well, haven't we? Just being outdoors, it can draw us closer to him. We get to see all of the greatness that he's created, and we experience this amazing joy. Another thing that we we talk about a lot here is community. Did you know that the nature of a branch is to cling on to something? That's the nature of a branch. It it wants to cling on to that trellis, that structure, but what else do they do? They they grab onto each other, right? They intertwine with one another. And so I have relationships in my life that draw me closer to him. I, I will hang out with friends and family that when I leave, I feel closer to him And I experience joy in that relationship. Any of you guys? Through those relationships and that community, we get to experience his joy. So we must abide in his word. We must abide in his love and in his joy. You might be thinking, man, that really feels good. I like that. But Devin, that all takes time. (laughs) right? Raise your hand if you feel like you're really busy, like all the time. This is where you guys participate. Remember we <laughs> talked about this? Wow, just three of us. Wow. Okay, more hands. I feel busy all the time, and I think regardless of your participation or lack thereof, I think you guys, I think you guys would agree with me. Life feels busy it's like what we say all the time. How you doing? Just busy, man. Busy. Our time, we, we struggle to find time for anything. But we've established how important this is. From the get-go, we said this is eternally important. Soul-saving important. So we must make abiding a priority. Amen? We must make it a priority. Yeah, we're we're all busy and, and a lot of that busyness is good stuff too. But we we've got to do this. This is no question. We must do this. And so we're gonna get through, I'm gonna fly through some very practical stuff now. Super practical. Again, things that we might not associate with the spiritual, but things that are spiritual. They are spiritual. So, super practical in order to abide in him so that we can bear more fruit and, and, and make much of his name and glorify him, we must block time to do this. We must block time to do this. What gets scheduled gets done. Get the calendars out. If you got to do it with a spouse, whatever it takes, we got to agree on some time that we're going to do this. Super practical, Get the calendar. Tara and I just started a few weeks ago a, a uh, weekly preview where we look at the week ahead and we block time. We know where we're going, the here and there, and we're running all over the place, right? But we're on the same page. We're aligned and we're blocking time for our priorities. Get the calendars out, block time, make this a priority. Another uh, super practical thing um, And if I haven't stepped on your toes already, watch out. Um, So phones, our smartphones. uh, Yeah, I'm going here. So 80% of us sleep with our phone or or with our phone right next to us. Now, that's literally some of us. This is based on an actual survey. Literally, some of us sleep with our phone in hand. Some sleep with it under the pillow or on the bed right next to us. Uh, a lot of us put it on the nightstand right next to us. And then the, the very first thing we do when we wake up, right, is we grab that phone and we start checking stuff out. We start looking at emails or, or social media. And then we're setting the tone of our day based off of whatever junk we're looking at on our phone. You guys still with me? Yeah. All right, I know I'm going long here. So we've got to uh, be intentional with this stuff. We, uh, we also check our phone 160 times a day on average. Yeah, 160 times. That means uh, about every nine minutes, we're checking our phone. Does that surprise anyone? Because I've read that and I'm like, ouch. 60% of us are on the phone over three hours a day. I think I just found us some time. <laughs> Devin, I don't have time to pray. I don't <laughs> I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, on average, we're on the phone three hours a day. So, and if, like, that sounded crazy to me, three hours a day, and then, like, I actually looked up on my phone, you can... Look on your phone and see how much time you're on your phone. It's surprising. So check it out. You can come back to me. But it's like we've got time where we, we are spending a lot of it on our phone. So what are, what's some of the structure that we can put, some practical things that we can put in place? That, that give us some boundaries to stay in line with this stuff. And so uh, we get all these notifications, right? It feels like the phone's buzzing, dinging, nonstop, which is why we're checking it every nine minutes. So get on your phone, change some of the notifications, you know, minimize those notifications so you're not constantly trying to grab that phone. Minimize it. Put limits on your phone so you're not on Facebook 92 hours a day. Calculate that. Um, you can turn off your phone at a certain time of night. When it's bedtime, you get into your your. Night. I see grins. You're like, yeah, Devin, that's great. Uh, I'm not doing that. Uh, you can turn off your phone when you go through your, your bedtime ritual because I don't know about you, I'm, I'm a nightstand phone guy and I stay up too late many nights because I'm on the darn phone. And then I do, I wake up and I look at that phone right away. So I'm going old school. I'm getting that analog clock. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I'm putting it on the nightstand so I don't have my phone right next to me. And that way I can go, I can go through my, my time at night and in the morning and set my day off in the right way. Super practical stuff, right? Super practical stuff. We can set screen times for the kids. That's something we we do because they could be on the thing all day, right? All day. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. We can set limits on the screen time. We actually just implemented a family value a few weeks back and it's about loving all people. We wanna love all people. But part of that is that we love people over screens. We wanna set that with our kids that, hey, if, if someone's present, Let's show them love by being present in the moment with them. Let's put the screen down for a couple minutes, man, and just love with someone, connect on someone, you know? We made the intentional decision when we moved back home from Charlotte that we weren't gonna put a TV in the family room. Because I knew if we put that TV in that family room where we spend most of our family time together, the TV is going to be on, we're just going to be watching TV, and we're not going to be spending time together, really. What are the things in your life that are taking your time, whether whether it's subconsciously or not, what are these opportunities that we have so that we really prioritize this stuff, you know? Hey, I'm trying to figure this stuff out, too. And, and, and don't make this, don't make this all legalistic, right? We we know we're we're saved by His grace, not by our works. We, let's not make this legalistic. Think of it like a, a bowling alley, and, and the bumpers that you put up. <laughs> she's laughing. The the bumpers that you put up. Those bumpers. That's not what I'm aiming at. I'm not aiming at those bumpers. I've got a goal. I'm I'm trying to take out as many pins as I can, right? That's my goal. I'm trying to to take out as many pins, but these bumpers are things I can put up. So if I, I get off track or I mess up a little bit, it just kind of bumps me back on track. I'm not focused on those bumpers. I'm focused on glorifying his name. I'm focusing on abiding in him so that i can bear much fruit. These are just this is just the structure on the sides keeping me going on the right path. I'm not I'm not focused on that. Does that make sense? As believers as believers in him we must fill our lives with the things that stir our affections for him. And the things that don't, we gotta cut them away because they're they're robbing us. They're robbing us of those affections with our father. We must be intentional about the things that draw us to him, the things that stir our affections for Him. We do that by staying connected. We let Him prune on us and we create structure in our life that allow us to maximize this. Don't you want to maximize this? We had a neighbor party, uh, like block party last night and uh, one of our neighbors shared with us that they went. They just got back from a funeral, and they they were talking about how it really impacted them. Twenty nine year old man, great health, and what impacted them was the impact that this man made on everyone's life that he came.